0: welcome to the 15th episode of the Gabriel podcast today my guest is Alexandra Carrasco she is from the California State University uh, Dominguez Hills as their eSports president so I want to thank you so much for coming on to this podcast episode thank Thank
1: you you so much for having me I'm so excited (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's great. You know, a little bit on the on the background of how I kind of uh came across uh or wanted to even like ask Alexandra for an interview was because I was going on uh, I was kind of looking at the local news here and I just typed in, you know, Long Beach news on Google actually. And I was scrolling and there was this article actually um about CSU like DH about how they went to this um i don't remember the specifics but it, they went to this like local school or um and they kind of exposed um the kids over there to like esports and and gaming and they held i believe a tournament there and um and so i was reading that article and um it just got me to think you know what like i was you know i loved games growing up and you know i had my own like little club in uh um, in high school and then I also participate a little bit on the esports organization at Cal State Long Beach it's like yeah definitely I want to hear kind of like the, the stories of the people that lead these uh, you know organizations because they have a lot of responsibility Um, and they kind of um, you know they just get to touch on um, a lot of people's lives and they can kind of like push a mission forward that is like just gives more opportunity to other people to like have a community of like gamers and 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 stuff like that so i immediately tried to look <laughs> tried to send alexandra uh an email about hey like i want to do this podcast episode <laughs> uh and i just really want to hear like kind of like how you got to where you're at and uh, and to hear her story so that's kind of the origin story behind that
1: yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, I'm so glad you came across that mentorship article. Those mentorships are like the highlight of the year. Um, we just had one with Compton Unified Esports League and mm. it w- we played Valorant. It was very exciting. Um, I miss the kids that we mentored. <laughs> they were just the absolute best. Um, they're so fun. They're so positive. They're so good at communicating with each other. And, you know, just, it's just such a pleasure to be with them.
0: Definitely. Um, the mentorships. So, has, has CSU DH has always been doing the esports organization, always been doing that?
1: Well, we're pretty young mm-hmm. as an organization. Um, but I believe last year was our first mentorship i have to fact check that okay i'm pretty new so so i transferred in from el camino so this was my first um full academic year with uh hills and now i'm going into my second which is my senior year
0: okay Mm -hmm. um you you called it like a relatively like young kind of organization like what is the general timeline of of the esports over there
1: I genuinely, I'm pretty sure it's two to three years old. Okay. Three years. It would be a long time, actually. I can't tell you off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm new. Yeah. I'm still learning the ropes.
0: <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah, no, that's... um. Yeah, I mean, at least from where... then That's really a, a surprising fact for me, at least, because when I went on the the page of, like, CSUDH and their esports thing, it looks really, like, fleshed out. Like, the organization looks really, like, um, like, uh, yeah, like, it looks like a really big thing. Um, because, like, you know, sometimes I look at the other colleges and they haven't, like, developed yet into that, into that kind of, like, um, as big of a organization as some of the other colleges, but that's really interesting. That's really interesting.
1: Our, our club members and our previous leadership and our current leadership take it really seriously. And they, our previous uh, presidents have dedicated so much time and effort to making sure that we look professional so that people take us seriously. Um, and we can communicate our message pretty clearly, like, hey, we're here, we're gonna do the best we can um we are a community and it's a it's a pretty big community so it's it's really cool and i'm so blessed to be a part of it
0: definitely really cool so how were you um let me think so then how did you well we can start a little bit there like how did you kind of get associated like or like kind of like lead up to that um like leadership position that you that you have in the in the organization?
1: yeah so funny story um (laughs) I like I said I transferred in from El Camino and um my previous college experience like I would just go to college Mm -hmm. go to my classes and leave right away as soon as I could Mm -hmm. or like during breaks I didn't stay on campus I didn't like interact with anybody um so, I was just in and out, and I feel like a lot of people kind of have that experience with community college because it's a lot of commuters and um you know people just trying to get out and go to their next big step, right big university um so I was kind of one of those people, and I ended up transferring to Dominguez Hills, like I said, I'm trying to run through it chronologically in my head um <laughs> and because classes weren't in person, I was like, okay, that's that's crazy. Uh, I transferred in the middle of the pandemic. So that was fun. Um, And my husband and his group of friends play league. And Mm -hmm. I always play league with them. I was so used to playing in um, like a group setting where you know you have a five-man pre-made and you go into queue as a flex team or we would even join like small tournaments mm-hmm. uh shout out to proof click he's the best um <laughs> so we would join these tournaments and um just we would have like the best time ever so eventually my husband plays AD carry and not anymore because the meta just totally shifted and he was always like our big carry right like he was always the best ranked he knew the most about the game and like i play support and so it was just a whole lot of synergy happening um and he was like okay warzone came out and he was he was like warzone that's still (laughs) all he plays um So he quit league, completely uninstalled, done. It was like super toxic. I don't know if you remember, but like during the pandemic, it got so bad playing league. Um, So he quit and I was like, okay, well, I'm going into college and I really enjoy playing in this team setting. I need to find something like that, that I can do on my own time and, you know, dedicate my time to instead of relying on him and his friends to to make those teams for me right yes so I literally googled I googled CSUDH esports and guess what came up CSUDH esports page I was like oh crap that's cool so (laughs) you know I joined and I I think at the time a bunch of the original League of Legends team players were graduating Mm -hmm. so they just had a bunch of vacancies so I was like okay I'm going in I'm gonna join this team so I messaged the team captain I was like hey I really want to play like I play support I only play enchanters but and I'm terrible but please I need to play (laughs) so um I ended up playing support for the first semester that I was there which was fall oh my gosh 2020 I don't know. I'm terrible <laughs> with time. Um, <laughs> and so I played with them and I had just the greatest time. I really enjoyed playing with everybody, practicing, spending my time on that. And then I well, this amazing, incredible dude came. Um, he was diamond, like he was way above my rank, and I was like, okay he's going to like pull this all together and we'll be really competitive and it'll be really cool. So I stepped down from the support role and I was like, okay, but I still want to be like really involved. I still want to, you know, attend practices, um, help them find tournaments. I want to like be there for VOD reviews and all of this stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm going to like help the team captain out and create a team manager role. Mm. So I went to the team captain of the league of legends team. And I said, Hey, I like super want to still be involved. And I think we could really benefit from having someone who can like schedule, find tournaments, help us set up a B team, um, help with tryouts, you know, just general cheerleader scheduling, all of the, you know, behind the scenes stuff that Mm kind of happens with these teams. And he was like, okay, I think that's a great idea. I could use the help. I'm super busy. And so I became the League of Legends team manager. And um, after that, um, my next semester went by incredibly quickly. And then this summer, um, our previous president, who goes by 3DH, well, it's 3DH Izzy, but everybody calls him (laughs) Dizzy. He is, he's so busy with school that he was, he stepped down to vice president. He was like, hey, I think you should run for president. And so I did, and nobody else ran for president. So here I am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I see. That's a really fascinating story. The um the thing that really interests me is like your desire to um to kind of like, you know, take on that like or to create that manager um kind of role. Do do you think that um did you always have those natural tendencies for like because it you it requires a certain type of person for that type of uh thing you need to be like kind of i would feel like organized uh you know disciplined enough to to stay on schedule and and all this and, and and to coordinate a lot of things um did you always were you always strong in those aspects
1: always 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 um to an annoying degree <laughs> um <laughs> i will schedule out my entire life cuz <clears throat> I have always struggled with, like, time management, um, you know, just doing general tasks. So I really, like, had to sit down with myself and learn how to schedule, and now I'm like, wow, this is, like, an incredible tool. So I try to pass it on to as many people as I can, Um, but I, I have always enjoyed managing it's just it comes really naturally to me um I worked in restaurants for a long time I did a lot of training I was a head hostess you know all of this stuff and it kind of just gives you practice and the confidence especially in like a hospitality setting where things are like super fast-paced and intense it gives you the confidence to just go into these spaces and be like hey I see something that needs to be changed here's what I can do to fix it
0: definitely that's really cool that's a really cool trait um, because you know that does set up for a great manager but then also a great president I would think
1: thank you <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's so that's really cool but 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 also like not only the organization like skills but also like the personality like because you need to be like able to like be uh, social enough to like you know speak to other individuals like do you think that you are always like you know okay like you know communicating with others and and socially oh my gosh
1: no (laughs) not at all um in high school I was not at all that person I like avoided socializing like the plague um I've always been just kind of a you know super introverted quiet like I don't want to talk to anybody but at the same time I kind of have a big personality just due to my like family upbringing big personality but quiet and I don't tend to say my opinion unless I think it really needs to be said uh-huh. um but like I said working in a restaurant you have to learn the social skills and practice them every day and I I Working in a restaurant, in my opinion, is one of the best things you can do if you are like shy or quiet or like you have trouble advocating for yourself because it will just you'll either get completely obliterated <laughs> <laughs> or you'll gain a lot of really really good people skills.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> that is such a fascinating thing to you know to think about um, because. You know I would have never you know thought that because of like the way that like you present yourself like it definitely it sounds like you know who you are right now and um it's like very much like you know this type of energy like you know willing to share and like you know comfortable in front of the camera and you know to to kind of tell tell people about herself and so like you said like that restaurant experience definitely really looks like really like really changed you
1: absolutely totally changed like 360 (laughs) on how I present and um I mean it's a lot easier for me in front of a camera Mm -hmm. so the pandemic has also helped me because I've practiced conversations without you know getting the sweaty armpits and hands from (laughs) being in person right so it's uh yeah no it's been a really interesting growth uh trend for me
0: (laughs) Right. I, and do you think you're better off it? are you happier with with how you've kind of changed?
1: Absolutely. I think I'm probably in the minority when I say the pandemic was good for me mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I know that a lot of people have had just the worst time and it's been so heartbreaking um, for me personally. It's given me an amazing opportunity and pushing me out of my comfort zone and um really just making me learn how to communicate and um create a community virtually
0: definitely yeah um definitely um at least you know i could relate a little bit on like for me like I, I also this is kind of funny because um you know there's so many uh uh similarities at least with uh, that story that your your story and then like at least my story like growing up as well like i was the most like introverted like person ever like shy wouldn't raise my hand like you know like you know always kind of just very reserved with personality um but you know i i think i mentioned it, i i did have um um uh, my degree in dietetics and so you know I naturally kind of worked in the food service industry. Um, you know I worked in like this first like my first job was in like this uh like pokey shop, restaurant style, well, not restaurant style, more like you know server style serving mm-hmm. and then um, and then for the last three years, I worked in in hospital kitchens. Um,
1: oh wow, that's and, different.
0: yeah, it's like hospital kitchens offices and, and ch- managing phone calls, talking to patients all the time, um, and like you said, like yeah. You, I definitely grew um, from that experience Um, because, you know, you have to, you talk with patients every day, you talk to your coworkers, you talk to, you know, your managers and nurses, like you have to, like, you have to talk. And it's not like you're talking for no reason. Like there's a purpose behind it. Like,
1: absolutely. You know,
0: like you need to get a certain message out there because somebody needs it.
1: Mm -hmm, Um, Exactly. No, I think that's definitely a, Unique thing about the food service industry is um I think people really underestimate how much communication <laughs> you need in the food service industry, um, as with any industry, but the food service is especially um, intense just because you have to be so quick about it mm-hmm. i mean it's insane yeah. <laughs> i don't know what else to say about it,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely during the meal rushes and having it having to get the details right and there be consequences if you don't have the details right exactly. um you know it's it puts the pressure on but i mean it's a uh, it just reminds you a little bit of like there's like a reason behind it you know despite all the stress that's generated from it you know like there's um you know there's uh you know there are people to serve like there are like i don't know there's yeah there's a reason but my, for me it's like the patients like they need like you know their food and and stuff like that so definitely that was part of the growth thing and uh uh, i got a lot more comfortable with talking and uh you know i another thing i did was just like i just would just like post random things on my story like on my instagram story i would just like just post and don't care too much about the quality just to kind of disperse that fear you know mm-hmm. about like judgments, you know, I it's haven't like...
1: gotten that far yet. I'm not a like <laughs> random story poster, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely um It's definitely freeing because uh, I remembered like how I would be very um, terrified <laughs> to post uh, anything or like I ju- still
1: am <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, But you yeah, know the more I did it I got more comfortable and so that kind of led on to the podcast a little bit, you know, just um just being comfortable putting your putting myself out there and just like being like less so about what other people think but more so about like what I think and and the purpose behind like what I'm trying to do
1: yeah that is so 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 neat I (laughs) podcasts I listen to them all day every day like nearly 24 7 um I'm a big fan of podcasts um, no, I think it's such a, a cool platform, and um, yeah, I, how how did you get started doing all of this?
0: Yeah, so, I should say, I mean, yeah, partially, I, I think I mentioned in our earlier conversation in the morning, um, that, you know, I was like, it, I think, okay, so I started this at the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, December 2020 is when... I actually, I think I released my first episode, but I had been thinking about it for months, um, because I noticed that, like, I really, the type of interaction I really liked was, like, the one-on-one interaction, um, like, because I felt like there you get somewhere deeper, um, like, I, I just flow better, I feel like, in those types of situations. In a group setting, like, there's just so many like um factors in play that it's kind of hard to really take in everything and so i Mm -hmm. have to only like play a part um but you know in the one-on-one setting i feel i feel i could be more like like genuine and like and so i can like fully immerse myself in like the conversation
1: yeah that's so cool yeah that's really neat (laughs) i'm jealous now i want a podcast
0: definitely the the cool thing is like you don't need a lot you know to do it you just need a camera a mic and uh just hit record um kind of thing um you know i wanted this to be like a low barrier uh project because you know like like for me like i struggle with like getting projects done just because like I have a part of myself that is like very procrastinating, very, uh, very, uh, yeah. So I try to put it (laughs) so that the activities, there's a higher chance of me, uh, accomplishing the activity.
1: Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. I totally get that. Um, is this a pandemic project?
0: Um, let me think. I thought it worked very well in the pandemic because of the fact I, well, initially I was like, oh yeah, like. Um, I was like oh yeah like it'd be nice because like you know everyone is at home so how do you connect with people when everyone's at home then I was like well I could do this <laughs> you know like yeah. you know you you know, you can still like see face to face and you know a little bit and, and, and speak in real time um, and have conversations and I think the conversations are really the you know the foundation uh, the thing that um, is the more important part behind behind it um and uh yeah and it also played that like it also helped i realized later that everyone became more uh comfortable with using zoom
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: <laughs> and like i feel
1: like gamers just had like an absolute upper hand in this whole <laughs> whole situation like they've been you know using ventrilo team speak discord for years
0: exactly yeah like i thought well for me like that's why i felt like well me personally living i was just like the pandemic didn't change my lifestyle as dramatically as some other people just because like i was a person to naturally stay home and like on my computer so i was like you know that's not too bad and and yeah it just helped that everyone you know grabbed a camera (laughs) because they needed it for their zoom meetings and i bet (laughs) (laughs) and so it's just been a lot easier to coordinate um things in that way so that was an interesting benefit because of the the pandemic
2: yeah that's Um,
0: so cool yeah um and so like behind the idea behind it was just that you know it was funny because it was it started with my coworkers. um whenever we were working i would just really like um, listen to them and like listen to their story, and most of the time, like they would come out of it with like some sort of like it's like a positive experience for some reason, and I would experience this phenomena like over and over, and and I, I was tr- thinking like one day I was like you know why is that like what is it about my one on one conversations with people that like you know produce some sort of like value or something, and I and I and I my conclusion was that it was because I gave this person like space where it was like this is like your space to like tell your story. Um and I think there's like value in that where it's like because we're so busy in our lives, Mm -hmm. um, that we don't stop and kind of like tell our story. And I think Or even
1: think about it. I think a lot of people just don't even think like, oh I just don't even have a story. (laughs) I'm just here.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And and that I think that is what happens every day. But and so what of it, like, the the thing is, is that, like, that story is central to, like, your identity. Like, to your, like, I, well, I'm interested in mental health and, like, psychology. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's central to, like, that. Like, to that, um, to those thoughts associated with your identity. And so, you know, when you don't write down or you don't think about your story, like, at it kind of writes itself unconsciously in your head, and at some point if you, like, deviates or something happens to you and you don't kind of, like, think about it, it has these, like, trickling-down effect of, like, mm-hmm. it affects your daily life. Um, yeah, totally. And so, you know... And so I I did this podcast because... um, um One... I... I like to recollect their story kind of like from when they were a kid to like how they are now and kind of uh, collecting those pieces of their past selves to kind of string them together and then like you know, make a story Um,
1: That's so cool, yeah Yeah No, I totally get it Um, Hilariously, I just did something very similar um, just by chance This is like the weirdest just lineup of coincidences um I was invited to speak for um the exp organization I think it was where it's essentially it's a yearly conference that's held at Dominguez Hills um that is specifically for like 13 to 17 year old uh, girls Mm. to come and listen to women speak about their experience in STEM fields. So I had the opportunity because I'm part of the esports association and also a woman, which is kind of a rare thing. Um, (laughs) I had the opportunity to actually put that story together and share it with these other girls. And um, it was a really impactful experience because I never had to sit down and like, chronologically go through my entire like gaming history and explain it to somebody. Yes. So it's that's just so funny that all of this worked out.
0: Definitely. I'm sorry about that. Oh, no worries. Um yeah, do you mind like maybe kind of going through that a little bit? Um uh maybe this how how did you go about telling that story? how did that kind of sound like?
1: Yeah. Well, I still have it. I have the word document saved. <laughs> so <laughs> I have it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like, so I remembered my first video game experience and my parents, I don't want to call them hippies, <laughs> but they were kind of hippies. Um, like I, I, didn't we didn't have cable we didn't like watch tv I didn't have any gaming consoles as a kid right Mm -hmm. well as a kid until I was in my like you know 10 I was 10 when I got my first my very first console and um so I just sat down and I was like okay so I remember this moment so vividly in my head because my grandma who uh she lives in Oklahoma so she she was far far away she came to visit us and babysit me while my parents went on a trip. And she was telling me about, it was when the Wii came out. And she was like, this is the most amazing thing. Like there's a little bar that senses these little sticks, right? And you can like move your your character and do all this cool stuff. And she had watched them play Zelda Twilight Princess, right? And she was like, this is the coolest thing. She's always, she always was like a really like, you know, on top of it with electronics like you know she had a she had the mac when it first came out she was like she always really embraced that stuff and like internet culture and she really did her best to stay with it with technology and um she's like i saw your cousins playing this game and you have to have it so we went to fries back when it was a thing Mm -hmm. when i was 10 at 6 (sighs) a.m on the first day that the Wii was released and we stood in a big line for like three hours wow and we got a wee (laughs) (laughs) and it was the best thing ever so i played the legend of zelda twilight princess um and she would sit behind me and just watch me and figure out all this stuff right and it was all so new like i didn't know how to like use the controller and all of this stuff so that was really the beginning So I remembered that, and then I just started, like, tracing down. Okay, so I played that, and then, like, you know, I got my first laptop, and I started playing – I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I started playing um, Cabal online, which is, like, a super old-school MMO, right?
2: Mm. So
1: I was really into MMOs. And um, so I took on that MMO. I'm sure somebody out there remembers it. It was real, (laughs) I swear. Yes. And then I got, like, a a Trojan uh, virus on my computer, and it stopped running.
0: Oh, my goodness. And so
1: that was the tragedy. And I got a Linux, like, just the dinkiest. It was, like, the tiniest laptop ever. So I could only play browser games. So then I got, like, an adventure quest worlds account which is like this old oh Flash yes I browsing. remember that <laughs> that
0: was like an RPG game
1: it was it was <laughs> it's still around Um, mm-hmm. I log in sometimes and just check on my character like oh yeah <laughs> um, so it just took off from there basically spent a lot of time on the computer
0: interesting wait so I need to go to this grandma topic I mean how she really I this is re- that is the hippiest like not hip well not hippie <laughs> but like the most hip grandma I've ever I heard.
1: I know. I know. No, she she was so cool. Um. She she loved. She didn't really understand too much about computers or like you know technology in general. Mm-hmm. She had a flip phone until she died. Um, and but she loved 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 hanging out with her grandchildren and watching them play games and my cousins like they had a gamecube and all of that stuff and you know they were super into smash and and um, like they they would program their own little video games and stuff like that and she just loved watching them play video games because it was the most mind-blowing thing to her so she wanted to make sure i also had that experience (laughs) So she was my first, like, real introduction and reason why I got so into gaming.
0: Were you, when you, when the prospect of having to stand outside of fries at 6 a.m. in the morning when you were that old, like, what were your thoughts? Were you excited?
1: Piped hyped out of my mind, dude. <laughs> I think I I didn't sleep at all. a grandma was like, she's like, okay, I'm here for, like, a week and we're going to get you this thing. And I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, like, so hyped. And we stood in line, and I just couldn't believe we actually managed to get one.
0: That is a fascinating origin story. Um, yeah. And you, I forget, you said you didn't have much prior experience with, like, gaming before then? Was that...
1: No, I think the only other game I ever played was Wind Waker at one of my friend's house because her brother had an xbox Mm. so we would play wind waker on her brother's xbox and then he would kick us out of his room
0: (laughs) so So. (laughs) what were your thoughts on video games back because if you didn't have much experience but you were excited about it so was it just kind of like the allure of video games kind of like watching other people play
1: i mean I played Neopets right like mm. I had experience with video games I feel like everybody who played Neopets mm. is into gaming now <laughs> um <laughs> like I would play Neopets I had like a oh gosh did I Club Penguin is that old <laughs> I had a Club Penguin for a super long time mm-hmm. like my first family PC we um I played Club Penguin on like it was just coolest thing ever i would just spend hours on club penguin um but like my computer time was really limited Mm. so i wasn't really like allowed to just you know spend a bunch of time on the computer and do whatever so yeah no it's probably for the best at the end (laughs) of it all but (laughs) when i was younger i certainly wasn't happy about it
0: (laughs) right i mean yeah i did not like those restrictions as well so interesting, interesting. So that's a little bit on how you got into video games, and interesting. so then hmm, so then how did your progression with video games? I guess in high school, is that a little bit more of where you played more games?
1: yeah uh, uh, absolutely. um kind of think of like the video game progression just to put like a timestamp on things. Mm. Um I well, I started spending a lot of time on YouTube in high school and I got super into watching um like the rad brad who is still around um i like got super into watching like you know old school pewdiepie like way back in the day mm. um and so i was like i have to get a console like a like an actual console like not the wii the wii's just nintendo stuff <laughs> I, so i saved up my money i like raked the lawn i did all kinds uh-huh. of stuff extra stuff to save up and buy a ps2 Um, a year and a half after the PS3 came out (laughs) Mm. so I got my my PS2 and I was so excited and I saw somebody play Devil May Cry and Devil May Cry was like that was the second game that I played after like second game I completed with a story you know Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, after Legend of Zelda because otherwise I was just doing like you know like online stuff like adventure quest worlds and all of that stuff um so I got that console I think I was in seventh grade mm-hmm. and super excited was like okay I'm tired of these games they're old I want a ps3 so I started saving up for a ps3 <laughs> <laughs> and I got my ps3 and I got my Double may cry and I got super into assassin's creed online <laughs> i've always been like you know i just end up in these like competitive games all the time right Uh so and like i said i got like super into assassin's creed me and two of my other uh girlfriends would play assassin's creed online together
2: Mm. every day
1: after school and that was so fun and like it's one of my most vivid memories um (laughs) so that was how i started playing competitive stuff but my first like Real super, uh, like insanely obsessive video game experiences with Guild Wars 2. Mm. Um, I got so into Guild Wars 2, I have something like f- almost 4,000 hours in Guild Wars 2. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I met my husband on Guild Wars 2. Really, yeah, um. <laughs> What is
0: that story? If you if you could share that.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's super innocent. Um, I mean, I'm an online girl. I dated people online, right? Mm-hmm. So I was dating this person from Guild Wars 2. And like, he came out and he visited me and my family. And he was super fun and nice and all of that. Great guy. God bless him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I met my husband when I was playing like we were doing dungeons I'm not sure if you have experience with Guild Wars 2 but you basically you go into an instance and they're always the same and you complete it for like gold and you know money and there was like a looking for group feature because you needed five people to complete a dungeon so it was me and my boyfriend and then we needed three other people to fill out the group right yes and so we entered Twilight Arbor which is like this like it's like a flower dungeon (laughs) and so like we all started chatting I don't remember exactly what started it so we got you know and then we realized oh like he's actually good at playing the game like we can invite him like add him and play other games with him Mm -hmm. or play like you know different dungeons with him because he actually knows what he's doing because I was like super serious (laughs) Um, (laughs) and so he and I became super close like we had a lot of shows that we liked in common, um, and we would just play all the time because neither of us had jobs or any responsibilities. So that's how we met, and then I broke up with this dude. God bless him. And um, I think it was like a year later, I ended up dating Charlie, who's my husband now. Oh. He is from Venezuela, mm. so I like to call him my mail-order bride. <laughs> 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 um. So he and he came to visit i paid for his ticket doing what i always did doing like a bunch of extra chores (laughs) and um so he came to visit us and stayed with us for like two weeks and you know we were really really hit it off Mm -hmm. and um yeah he came to visit twice more and we were just like okay i think this is it this is the one like i can't imagine not being with you and then we got married
0: that is an awesome story. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. That yeah. is so cool you guys met through, you know, through the game that, you know, you loved <laughs> because Exactly. You, uh, and you found the person you loved.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then he introduced me to League and that's like a whole other stage of my life. <laughs> oh.
0: <sighs> <laughs> I see. Yeah, I play I mean I played League for uh uh, Eight plus years. It was a lot. Oh long... wow, you have maybe. Yeah, I, that was my main game. Um, because me and my friend, that was the only thing that me and my friends
1: mm-hmm. played. Do you oh. still play League?
0: No, I, no, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. I it's been a, I think, I think I stopped somewhere in uh, in college. Near my 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 end of my college. So it's been a it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Yeah. But I mean we had good times. We had good times like that him.
1: <laughs> That's good. No, yeah. I've I've only played for like six years. Mm. So longer than some, shorter than others. Okay. Certainly not an OG.
0: Hmm. Yeah, but it's still definitely a long time. There's definitely something about the game that kinda keeps yeah, its players it's like, in there.
1: It's like a bad addictive drug. <laughs> it's not good for you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely was not conducive to (laughs) a lot of my economics, but...
1: It's crazy, because I'm always shocked with other games, nobody's toxic, like, nobody's toxic like League players, it's just crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was... CSGO. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, some of those, yeah, competitive games, um, and people really just, uh... Really care, care a lot. That's
1: a good way to put it.
0: (laughs) Fascinating. So, so how, so what about your education? Like, what did you, what are you studying in, or in in the, in your time in college?
1: Um. So I am a business admin student. I am concentrating on entrepreneurship. Mm. So, pretty cool. I love it. I never thought that would have been a path I would go down, but here I am.
0: What did you imagine? Well, I like to go back a little bit. When you were a kid, did you have any dreams of what you wanted to be? You know, that question of what did you want to become when you grew up? I
1: wanted to be a marine biologist so bad.
0: Really?
1: Yeah. My favorite animal are orca whales. (laughs) um i have 13 goldfish um i'm like super big into like aquariums and fish and the ocean but i hate boats
0: (laughs) really (laughs) so
1: that kind of counted that career path off for me
0: got it got it. interesting but did you um it was so it was your love of animals like the sea animals that kind of drove that that thing okay
1: absolutely absolutely
0: what was your like favorite subject when you were a kid like if there was a favorite subject
1: I loved um high school government Mm -hmm. I had the most amazing teacher ever his name was uh Mr. Faber. and he was just such a unique person and uh, you know like we didn't agree on you know political views or anything like that but he just had such good insight into things and he really made you think so that was by far like that and then political science were like my thing in the oh. high school but before that um English history uh no math I math is still my enemy <laughs> unfortunately
0: (laughs) i see okay did you um did you like to write at all when you were a kid oh
1: yeah no read and write i loved reading i loved writing big writer okay not so much anymore (laughs) college has kind of taken the love of reading out of me
0: (laughs) (laughs) i see okay and then how did the um So how did the business thing come about when you were making your choice of, like, what to pursue?
1: Well, I was kind of one of those kids, like, I wanted to do so many things Mm. that I couldn't pick anything. And that's why I was in college for so long. I'm still in college. I've been Mm -hmm. in college for six years. Um, Six? Yeah, it has to be. Mm -hmm. yeah and I just like I just wanted to take as many classes as I could and I'm so fortunate that I had the ability to um going to community college really made it affordable and reasonable for me to spend so long in college um and I just took everything that I thought would interest me like I took anthropology I took all the political science classes I could and then i ended up deciding on business just simply because i couldn't choose and i knew that if i did business i could eventually like figure it out and do something with that
0: right that's yeah i mean that's very common i mean for me as well like i entered college with like undeclared for two years <laughs> right? um and then i just you know i just so happened to you know fall into dietetics which i still think is you know i mean oh, i love so science interesting. Yeah, and, and I mean, I still definitely um want to like pursue it to a certain degree, but also, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have this whole thing with psychology now, so I'm trying to merge. Yeah.
1: <laughs> psychology is a tough one to like pass up.
0: Yeah, that one—it's
1: so interesting.
0: Definitely, definitely. But yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, but then this entrepreneurship thing—was there something that was driving that interest? Or was that just kind of part of the business thing?
1: It was just kind of part of like, well, I want to do all these things, but I don't know what exactly Mm -hmm. yet. So if I have the ability and the knowledge to be able to start my own business, like it won't matter as much. Like I can choose something once I've, after I've graduated and, you know, worked a little bit, I can decide, Hey, I have this knowledge that I can use to create something I'm really passionate about if I find that. (laughs) <laughs> Which I guess I have in esports.
0: Yes, that is interesting. So how hm, let me think. So now that you've been exposed to the esports scene, um how how has that changed your um your future like because you were experimenting with all these different um subjects and wondering if they were fitting for you and so how does esports fit do you think um in into your future do you think maybe
1: well i would love to make a career out of it um i'm incredibly i mean having been a long time gamer i'm incredibly passionate about just visibility for women in gaming i think that it is, I mean, even all this stuff with like, you know, Blizzard and Riot and, you know, just all these terrible, terrible things going on. It's more important than ever to have a female visibility and visibility for people of color and people with disabilities and all of these things. Like you need to see those in your games so or you're never going to, You need to see people playing them, right? You need to see people on Twitch. You need to see people who represent you at home uh, playing games that you like. You need to see those people or you won't ever be inspired or think you can do it. So that's kind of been my reason for getting into esports. And I found in the short time that academics and collegiate esports is really like such a great avenue for you know your non-traditional gamer. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> um for them to get that visibility and support because colleges are generally speaking so supportive of um you know representing women and um people with disabilities and people of color more so than you know a big company who already has a culture uh that doesn't represent that (laughs) i'm not sure how to put that gently but i tried
0: (laughs) right definitely okay hmm fascinating fascinating yeah yeah i like that you know like trying to build um like you know a community that is like uh and also, yeah, creating this, creating opportunities for people that um, might otherwise never have considered it.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And I, it happened with me, right? Like, I was like, oh, you know, like, I'm a girl. Like, no girls can get careers in gaming or esports because, well, there's nobody in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't see anybody. So... um yeah, it's been an interesting turnaround and now I've realized it's something that I can change. So, I will do my best.
0: Very nice. Um you mentioned your work. Um you write a lot about you said like your what, what maybe if you can expand a little bit on on what you do at in that um other Yeah. Work.
1: Yeah. Um so essentially we I work for eSports Supply, who um, they work with, like, colleges, um, architecture firms, cities, um, et cetera, to help them bring eSports facilities and eSports culture and community um, together in their um, cities, colleges, or, you know, Wherever they're building a facility, right? So a lot of what I do is I go in and I try to find the existing communities.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's really interesting. And one thing that I found is if there's a Smash Club, you're set. That's all <laughs> you need.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's really fascinating. Um, yeah, no,
1: I love it. I love it. It's a It's.
0: You're kind of like the scout.
1: Well. They actually use me as like a knowledge resource, right? Mm. Because who else is better than someone who's in it?
0: Right. Definitely. That's yeah. that's really fascinating. It's uh,
1: really cool. It's uh they they're so brilliant there, it's mind blowing.
0: Yeah, so that company's aim is to kind of like hmm, should I should say, like yeah, I guess expand the reach of esports, is that Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah it's fascinating because yeah, i was t- uh, in my previous guest um um with the south dakota State university like esports resident, you know we were talking a little bit on like how esports is a very it's very like local community mm-hmm. like base like within the universities they have their own like community and there are and how she was mentioning how it was actually really tough sometimes to kind of uh Interact with the other universities because everyone's at like a different place. Yes. Or like a different like place in their phase of esports. Like some people are yeah. a lot more established versus mm-hmm. like some people that are a lot smaller. And it's always via like Discord, at least from their side. Always. Um, and so they said like, you know, sometimes it kind of gets like, I don't know, like um, not as streamlined as they, as, as they had hoped.
1: Absolutely. And that's kind of why circling back, uh, I created that team manager role because I think a lot of something that esports and just don't get offended gamers, (sighs) gamers in general, is that they just want to be incredibly good at their game, right? They just want to sit down and play their game and succeed at that, right? So you have to find a way to manage gamers and it's a whole thing and i'm sure many other esports presidents have found this to be the case there's people who are really really passionate about organizing and leadership and creating an esports space for people and then there's people who want to compete in esports and there's some overlap of course there's people who want to do both Um, but it's hard to wrangle gamers (laughs) <laughs> I won't lie. It is incredibly hard. Um, and one of the best ways to like build a community right is to do stuff in person. Well, League of Legends players don't want to meet in person. <laughs> like, I mean, it's real. It's a real thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, And so it makes it an interesting battle for schools, especially if there's no, you know, advisor support because, you need that kind of authority figure to be like hey can you be here at this time and represent us so that we can get this done right yeah so that's definitely a struggle that esports will continue to have in colleges because i mean the boomers just don't get it (laughs) a lot of the time and that's it's just it's really hard yeah yeah
0: yeah that's an interesting problem to, to have um Definitely, because uh, yeah, like trying to um, spread or expand the the scene does require that social aspect yeah. to it. But <laughs> I guess that's the one weakness that gamers do have. Or <laughs> uh, yeah, I
1: absolutely. The- yeah. Well, and I think that's why there's been so much growth during the pandemic for esports is because like you can't host things in person so you have to find a way to do them online yeah and gamers will show up to online events (laughs) (laughs) but maybe not to the in-person one so i think that's been a huge reason why there's been such an explosion Mm -hmm.
0: i wanted to touch a little bit on your experience like as the president like kind of assuming that role um when the previous president had stepped down to, to the vice president role, um, did you believe that you you were prepared to do a job like that?
1: Well, first of all, I didn't really know what it entailed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're like, oh, we want you to be president of the association, but you don't really know what that means. Mm-hmm. And it's different for every organization. Um we're lucky in that we have a lot of structure and we have a lot of people who are willing to show up and do the work. Um, so I feel like my role right now is to be an advocate for the esports association and, you know, show my face and make sure that people know that students are passionate about this. Um, there's some administrative stuff that I have to do, which, you know, comes with the territory, but mostly I found the most, sorry, I'm like fidgeting, but I can't help myself. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the stuff that I do is, um, just try to advocate and communicate with the people in the association to make sure that they're getting what they need to ensure their team succeed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, or advocating their problems for them to, um, our amazing leader, Ruben, and, um, just making sure that they're able to play the games that they're passionate about, have a team for those games and, um, that they have a community to come to.
0: Okay. So and- it's a
1: lot of like chatting and like, you know, one-on-ones and supportive. It's a, like a supportive role, right? Cause these students are doing the awesome things and I'm here to like encourage them and make sure they're able to do them.
0: Okay. And, and it, I mean, it sounds like you, it's been a, a rather a positive experience. Um, it's been like a, things have been going smoothly.
1: Yeah. No. And I, we're so blessed. Our esports organization is so, so full of just so many cool people who are like, you know, they're, they're all kind and they're all mm-hmm. really open and that makes it just 10 times more easy than it could be you know it's it's just i'm so blessed
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's super cool it sounds like uh you came into like a really like um well supported like organization and with your personality and and the skills that you had it seems like a great fit you know to to be that managing Thank you.
1: I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's from what I'm I'm getting at here. Um so that's super cool.
1: Yeah, super no, cool. I I love it. I love I love all the people in it. I think they're great. Um they're going to have to meet me in person sometime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um interesting. Interesting. So hmm Entrepreneurship. Hmm. okay so moving on to the to the future a little bit um um i i like to ask the okay wait before the future thing <laughs> um i like to ask this question um because it's related to like your story but i like to see kind of how people kind of uh think about this like um and it's the question of like how are you the hero like in your story because i think every hero i mean i'm sorry every story we always have these characters and every character we kind of designate certain things and in our story we're you know the main characters and and so we live our life kind of like that so how would how are you the hero in your story Hmm. I know it's a big question.
1: That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> um, you like to surprise people with that one. Don't you? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I I think that I'm the main character in my story because and I'm the hero because I had to learn to like find my passion and like it's so hard right like you have to you have to look for it and you actually like it just doesn't come to you you have to try really hard
0: there's a lot of failures
1: (laughs) there's a lot of failures and a lot of things you try and you're like oh I kind of hate this (laughs) so um that's been my my hero arc is just you know actually taking the time to ask myself like hey what what do you actually care about <laughs> so and just being able to force myself to follow that path which also is difficult
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: so I guess that's how i the hero of my story
0: <laughs> yeah that's great um yeah you, you seem like you have a lot of interests and um too many
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think that i mean i think that um you know that play that has pluses and minuses but the plus is that the plus that kind of comes to mind is uh you know that interest kind of shows itself when you're managing like a lot of different people just because like you know like every person is is very different and very unique and and so it's just like i can definitely see how that could be useful in that sense because you connect with them better
1: yeah. And you definitely learn a lot about yourself when you communicate with other people. It's as somebody who was previously super introverted and never tried to make connections, it's a it's very different. And you have to learn a lot about yourself before you can successfully communicate with others. So Yeah. It's been a learning curve for sure.
0: <laughs> definitely. I, I think that learning is is really the one of the coolest part like at least when you Absolutely. look you know retrospectively on a on a person um and it's not always like it's not always pretty you know it's not no. always pretty on paper um you know it's usually it like. not <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that that kind of you know that dirty work that 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 art that, that isn't so appealing that is the foundations to uh you know whatever they ultimately like become you know that mm-hmm. but it's always you know it's always shied away from and no one really looks but I'm always like but but that was the most important part about their character development
1: <laughs> yeah no definitely yeah it's bumpy it's bumpy learning to be an adult definitely. it's not easy
0: yeah and I like to look at it like that just because you get you know you're just more it leans to be more a little empathetic to other people in their present self because you start to realize you know everyone is just trying their best you know mm-hmm. with what they got and everyone typically wants to do good um yeah it's just you know they're you know, for one way or another like they're um they're stuck with uh in a certain place or maybe but you know they're working on it
1: absolutely no totally and it's Something that you always have to keep in mind too Mm
0: -hmm. is that
1: empathy and, you know, you have to genuinely find yourself in other people and be like, oh, I can identify with this. And I see, I understand and empathize with your struggle, not sympathize. I empathize with your struggle and because I feel that with you, Yeah. (laughs) but that's, it's a hard thing to learn and continue to practice.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Let me... You know, this happened last night as well. My recording button, like, freezes. Okay. We're back from that small technical difficulty. But hopefully things are okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So... One of the other questions I was interested in, we talked about, is this question of... So what would you say is the the best thing about being uh in your current position uh esports uh you know president
1: i really love interacting with the other members of the esports association and since i'm the president they're kind of forced to (laughs) um (laughs) So I really, I enjoy that aspect a lot. And um, like I said before, I love just talking to people about esports and telling them why I think it's important. Um, and it just, it's, it's fun. And then I get to say I'm a president of something, which is really cool.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Okay, cool. And then what about the hardest part about being president? most difficult part
1: making sure that you're always encouraging and um positive while still getting your constructive message through
2: Mm.
1: it's that it can definitely be difficult especially if you're having problems with um somebody to be able to step back and be like hey, like, I think you're doing great. I think you're awesome. This is something that I've noticed. Like, how do you think we can resolve this issue? Right. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's more than that because every situation is really different. You can't just use a template. So taking every situation and dealing with it and trying to stay empathetic and positive and encouraging can be difficult sometimes and I'm fortunate to not have experienced um, anything negative really at all but um, it's definitely something I've thought a lot about and it's important that you always are able to convey your meaning right Mm -hmm. like you can't misstep and say something inappropriate you always have to you know, think about what you're saying and how you're representing, and all of that stuff, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that definitely. Yeah, it's that responsibility as being that like leader to kind mm-hmm. of, you know, to be understanding and and to be respectful to the to the members, but also having you know. To make sure that everyone is is uh. On board with the mission.
1: You exactly, know.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so quite fascinating. So how do you, a little bit on the balance, um, being, you know, the leader of a cl- uh, organization, uh, going to school, and also, like, working, h- how does that manage? There's no
1: balance. <laughs> There's no balance. <laughs> um, my life is pure chaos, <laughs> and... um I clearly don't get out much, but at least I like what I do, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, no, it's definitely a struggle, um, especially because I'm also a gamer and, like, I really want to play my games, right? Yeah. Like, that's, like, the reason I got into all of this. So I've definitely had to find time for games as opposed to find time for other things between games, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. hmm And, you know, it's hard to get, like, focused, uninterrupted time where I can work or study or, you know, do stuff for the association, Um, simply because all of my schedules since classes have been online, and I work completely remotely, and I'm always accessible. um, It's really hard to stay on one track and focus while i'm always accessible and online and (laughs) you know there's just no (laughs) it's always just oh i have to do this and this and this and this and this and you know this is due tomorrow so i have to do this right now and um it's it's definitely tough to balance it (laughs) along with a gaming addiction so (laughs) i don't do a lot on weekends
0: (laughs) (laughs) i see yes that does sound like a very busy life um but I mean, it does seem like you're, you're trying to do everything that uh, gives you meaning. Yes. So. Exactly. And I'm could...
1: fortunate. I'm so fortunate to be able to mm-hmm. um, do something that both pays my bills and has meaning for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great. That's great. Uh, I guess a better problem to have, a good problem to have
1: certainly
0: (laughs) one of the better ones i can think of yes um a little bit i i was looking at your uh at some of your profiles and there was a mention on mechanical keyboards yes what is the story behind mechanical keyboards
1: that's my other hobby (laughs) (laughs) um well when the pandemic started like I've always dabbled in mechanical keyboards like I'm a big well I was a big reddit user and um I have a subreddit for mechanical keyboards like back in the day there's this forum it's still around and it's really active called GeekAck, that's for mechanical keyboards and I spent a fair amount of time on there I've always found it I mean, technology and gaming runs so close together. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've always, you know, the desk aesthetic, and then once you get your first mechanical keyboard, it's like the best feeling in the world. So I got super hyper fixated on that. And I started just like, I built like 20 keyboards in the span of, (laughs) of like six months or so. Um, so I really did a deep dive and then I was like, well, okay. So I got all the equipment because I built my own, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I know all this stuff. Why don't I try to like sell other people keyboards, right? Like just build keyboards. Because you know, everybody wants a really good quality product. Yeah. Um, but with mechanical keyboards, it's kind of hard because not a lot of people know how to solder not a lot of people know anything about switches or like case types or you know all the components that go into a mechanical keyboard Uh and so it's really not beginner friendly so I thought to myself how can I format this in a way that like my mom's friends would be able to to get it right like they'd be able to be like oh yeah I like this and I need a custom keyboard um, <laughs> cause my mom's a writer. So a lot of her friends spend a lot of time on keyboards <laughs> yes. and they really care about both the aesthetic and the feel of the keyboard and the portability and all of this. So then I was like, okay, well, this would be a fun practice project for my entrepreneurial degree. Right. So I ended up starting up a little tiny business. I haven't sold many, but you know, it's, I made some money off of it, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and I get to do what I like with mechanical keyboards, which is build them and I don't have to front the cost, right? Um, so I started doing that during the pandemic. That was my pandemic project. Oh. Yeah.
0: So what what it, what does building a mechanical keyboard entail? Like do you just get it in actually like parts?
1: so unfortunately it's incredibly complicated right (laughs) (laughs) of course it is of course it is um basically mechanical keyboards are very strange it's almost like a it's like a hype hobby right like you know you see hype beasts about sneakers or like you know supreme gear or whatever Mm -hmm. um but mechanical keyboards are very much in line with hype culture right so there is usually they run in um, limited number or limited day group buys where you know a bunch of people collectively say I'm gonna purchase this this interests me um, I like this kit and they normally come in kits which includes the case which is the outside it includes the PCB which is um, like the computer chip of the keyboard right it's what you plug the things into um and it's what activates the switch right
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then there's a plate which is like a, it holds the switches in place you have your switches which are the thing you actually press right <laughs> it just keeps going on and on um, and uh stabilizers which i don't know if you've ever like looked inside a keyboard but they had on your spacebar, it's a really long key, right? Mm-hmm. And if you've ever bought a pre-built mechanical keyboard, it has this thing called stabilizers, which are two little fake switches that attach to this key to keep it from like, you know, popping off or teeter-tottering. Mm-hmm. Because I have some actually. Good thing I am crazy. <laughs> so like that, this is not gonna hold up a spacebar, right? Uh-huh. By itself. It's not gonna keep it from like the space bar goes like like a seesaw so those are the, what the stabilizers do is they stabilize that really long Got it. and so you enter these group buys of these kits and they're hard to get and it's time consuming to get them
0: mm-hmm. and they're
1: incredibly expensive <laughs> because like you know it's somebody's piece of art like they really cared about this um so As opposed to having someone come in and, and, you know, as a new person to the hobby, come Mm. in and do that, I kind of do that back-end part and I build it for them and I kind of like take an inventory of what I think is going to be cool Mm. in six months when the keyboard comes out or like is actually released because there's a, they collect the money in order to pay the manufacturer to manufacture the keyboard. Mm. So there's usually like a waiting period after you've paid up front Mm -hmm. of like, you know, three to eight months of waiting to get this keyboard. So I kind of take that part on for people and kind of pick out like, okay, I think this keyboard's going to be cool. And I think somebody will definitely buy it. And I'm going to build it like this, like with a theme, right? Mm -hmm. So that everything matches and it's really aesthetic and somebody can be like, oh, I like this um so that's kind of what it is for me um I also actually just offer the build service so you can buy you know all the pieces that go together and send them to me and I will solder it for you I will lube this like you know you can open it's so complicated (laughs) I will open up the switches and lube them individually (laughs) Um wow. and then solder it all together and put it together and ship it back to you so that's kind of the other other part of it that i do
0: right yeah that seems incredibly like useful especially to like people that don't have time yeah and... it's
1: definitely for people who don't have time yeah but are interested in getting one
0: it's so fascinating
1: yeah it's a it's a wacky hobby um <laughs> i don't recommend it to anybody <laughs> Get a, mecha- a get a really nice custom mechanical keyboard, but don't get don't dip your toes in the hobbies. <laughs>
0: My wallet has suffered. Oh no. I <laughs> see. Yeah. That is a fascinating hobby. Yeah, I've never. But so that that kind of l- lends to the question of like, so that's like kind of putting stuff together. Like, were you always interested in like kind of like putting stuff together, like very hand work kind of thing?
1: I yes actually I love um like doing small tinkery stuff I'm oh. it it's actually like one of the few things that will keep me from fidgeting <laughs> um I'm a big fidgeter and um yeah I, I love soldering like it's like the wow. most therapeutic relaxing <laughs> thing ever you see like melty metal and it's like <laughs> wow that's so cool <laughs> so I really enjoyed that aspect of it and um I've never been like interested in electronics, but it's definitely made me interested in like technology and how it all works and you know it's soldering's just fun. I just like to solder. Yeah. We'll put it like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Got you. In my limited soldering experience in uh some I think in some I don't even remember what it might have been in my high school physics class, I think. We do some uh some very basic soldering um stuff. I, I I agree. Seeing molten metal is a quite satisfying thing it to is. see. It is. <laughs>
1: it really is it's so fun.
0: Um when you were learning how to do that, did you like like I remember when when I first started like soldering, like I was so afraid to get burned by that by the by that thing. Um and I think I don't know, I think I'm pretty sure I somehow burned myself like <laughs> I'm yeah. Sure um yeah but you've gotten like really good at it like soldering
1: i'm i wouldn't say i'm like super good but i have definitely better than like your average joe um i've had a lot of practice and oh it's a learning curve (laughs) it's a learning curve you have to learn exactly how much solder you actually want to use and like get the heat just right to get the little like pearl i haven't quite perfected the art of getting like that beautiful like curvy dome um but i really am trying (laughs) (laughs) i'm well past like gobs of solder right like you know sometimes you see newer people soldering and it's just like a big huge like this thick of soldering (laughs) you're like oh well (laughs) Uh, it's nice i guess
0: right yeah there's a whole there's a whole art to it
1: there is there is, and people who, who solder and have soldered for a long time, are, they really want that curvy little dome. <laughs> they want it so bad.
2: True. If you don't
1: have that, you're, you're not good.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't have it yet, but I'll get there. I'll get there.
0: True. You know, I know that um, you're very new to the position of president, but you, from the experience that you have as president and also just managing in general what advice would you give like for the next uh, for the next president incoming um, if you had any kind of advice to instill on them?
1: Mm. Practice speaking, practice communicating your point to people. Um, Yeah, because I mean, once you're the president and if your school is trying to do something with esports and actually if you want it to be a big thing, you have to be able to advocate for everyone else you have to be able to put their thoughts together and incorporate them and say it to somebody right you have to become an esports advocate and be really passionate about making it work right
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um and definitely you you have to be willing to put in the time you have to be willing to put in the time which is a it's a hard it's a hard part like i have like a bajillion events to go to
0: (laughs) right so
1: yeah no definitely that would be my advice is um learn how to advocate for both yourself esports and others
0: i like that i like that um i think they'd they'd appreciate that these advice as well
1: i hope so (laughs) good luck whoever you are (laughs) you can do it
0: (laughs) Um, what happened? Do you still play Guild Wars 2?
1: Honestly, the game kind of died. It's still like you know, it has really dedicated people, but I don't play it too much. No, um, there's an expansion coming out which I will play, but I probably won't. I don't have the time, first of all, to sink into it that I did in high school. Um, and second of all, like. I put so much time in that game that I'm kind of put out with it (laughs) and don't get me wrong it's a great game but it's definitely um on the older side Mm. you can you can feel it's it's um well the passion just kind of fell out of it right like Mm -hmm. (laughs) the developers had a really hard time and um it didn't put out as much content as it could have used, so she's she's tired.
0: Oh. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Are you um are you keeping up with any of the recent MMO, um, kind of hyped up ones coming up soon?
1: Somewhat. I know New World is supposed to come out soon, but honestly, I am way into like competitive games now like mm. esports overwatch valorant that i don't know how i would fit it into
0: my schedule got it
1: mmos are so time consuming <laughs> it's so sad i love them but oh my gosh if i have to read another 12 page guide i'm going to scream <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no they are uh, they are definitely a time sink um yes it's fascinating so so your main game is league of legends
1: i kind of flex between league and overwatch right now um i also i started streaming and it kind of makes it you know because i was like okay i'm playing these games anyway i might as well just turn on the camera and stream for a little while really? um so i stream now on occasion i used to have like a set schedule and i would show up all the time but i'm kind of like i'm like fucking busy <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> excuse me I'm so,
0: so sorry. No, it was um very appropriate so
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't show up on my stream as much as i should um but yeah, it's a, it's just time. I mostly play, I would say now I mostly play league because my friends have gotten back into it.
0: Mm, okay. And you guys like have a full five and, and kind of just hop in there?
1: Well, it's mostly me and one of my other friends who mm. I actually met working at a restaurant and we became really good friends and we play league together. So all oh my other friends quit. Oh. <laughs> I know, it's so sad.
0: I see. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely that's one of the things that kinda sucks about games, you know. People kinda Move on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: At different paces too, which is the most annoying part. Like um. I can't wait until my husband's tired of Warzone and we can try something else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How long has his Warzone craze been?
1: Oh my gosh. Um since it came out. <laughs> At one point he was playing it like a full time job. So <laughs> and it's good because you know we're pretty private people so I feel like he doesn't like socialize with his friends as much as he maybe wants to or would like to Mm -hmm. um so it's having his friends like be passionate about it and like you know actually make the time to hang out with him and play warzone is is really cool but um I'm a little tired of the screaming (laughs) and (laughs) And I'll, and the, you know the uh, the uh, complaining about hackers and uh, <laughs> if I hear he has walls <laughs> one more time I'm gonna lose my mind.
0: <laughs> that is hilarious.
1: Yeah, I don't get why they keep playing it if it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> if it's so
0: bad, that is funny. And, and uh, the one thing we didn't—you said that you were also untiltable.
1: Yes, that's my superpower.
0: <laughs> i tell everybody that do you have any hypotheses on on why that that is the case
1: i think i have the right mix of apathy and competitive drive right like i want to be competitive but i also understand that it's more about wanting to be with my friends and like hang out than It is about like, you know, me being like super good. So I feel like that kind of like mindset where it's community, not competition really helps me out. (laughs) Um, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm one of those people. I really don't get frustrated often. Mm. Um, yeah just hearthstone that was like the (laughs) worst experience
0: of my life what was Um, it about hearthstone
1: well I think it was that meta in particular so I don't know how long if you or if you watch twitch but um I used to be like a big Raynad fan like Um, Raynad temporal storm yeah um and I would I would watch him but I never played hearthstone and then when I started playing hearthstone it had the meta where like the minions just kept multiplying and so they would just like bleed you out in one turn Mm. and everybody had that deck and I was just starting out so I didn't even have the cards to have that deck (laughs) so I got so frustrated I was like I don't have the cards I'm not gonna farm the cards I'm done (laughs) and I just uninstalled it um but yeah no I don't tilt in league at all which is really impressive considering some of the things that people have called me in that game.
0: <laughs> yeah. That that is fresh. That that is interesting. Um huh. Ah, that is fascinating. Do you ever <laughs> um you know when you were talking about like maybe reasons as to why you might uh be untiltable the whole community versus competition? Have you ever like about like telling your husband about that concept (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) he's a competitive gamer (laughs) (laughs) it's about the competition
1: (laughs) i don't know if you've ever there's this really really interesting resource um called the Quantric foundry where um they they categorize like gamers based on both the games they play and what they value in games, like what makes Mm. games interesting to them. And that really like opened my eyes. Like, oh, like I'm, there's other people like me who just like, you know, have a really like communal approach versus where some people really value that competition. So it takes all kinds. Um, Hilariously, the person that I play League with is hyper competitive tilts at like oh. if you blink at him wrong he's gonna scream <laughs> <laughs> so um somehow we we play solo queue and are just fine because i'm untiltable so i'm always saying like dumb positive stuff and he's like <laughs> he's tilting off the face of the earth for no reason <laughs> So it's an interesting dynamic. And um, I think that that gamer types are like really a thing, you know, Mm. and that's why people. Oh, there goes my camera again. (laughs) And that's really why people um, have different tastes in games. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I I feel like I just I'm an MMO player who happened into esports, right? Like I just Mm. fell into this kind of. So. Yeah, I I wish I could really explain why I'm untiltable, but I I don't know how. <laughs> it's a blessing.
0: God. Yeah, no, that's I I haven't heard anyone it's I feel like it's such a rarity that I haven't heard that phrase at all, I think at least in my friend group. <laughs> um yeah. But that is impressive. That is impressive. I also Thank you. I try, I try to, to be unfilteredable. Yeah, I mean, I'm not it's a- ra- difficult. <laughs> yeah. like, It's difficult. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not like a rage, I try to keep this mindset whenever I play games about like, okay, like, you know, I can only do what I can do kind of thing, but I don't know, when when they gank you at like level two, <laughs> you know at level 3 and i'm like really <laughs> like you had to be there because i was a top lane player and oh top is spicy though i i mean you have to really keep your your emotions in check because they always like i swear it's like 80% of the time they gank top and at level 3 have you
1: ever tried bot lane <laughs> <laughs> It's like a good day if you don't get four five man ganks before minute <laughs> ten.
0: <laughs> you know that's true. That's true. Oh, my my bias is so towards gangs at top. Um, are interesting. Yeah, but no, I've definitely seen. I mean, some of those things are ludicrous. You know, with the teleports that, um, that were kind of meta for like mid lane and uh, you know top yeah. lane. Yes, yeah, so it gets pretty spicy at bot lane. Trying to get that dragon pressure. (laughs) Definitely
1: does. Um, Yeah. But it gets spicy in top lane, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, they always tell me, you just have to do your your role and not die and help the team. But I'm like...
1: That's like telling people, oh, you just click their heads. (laughs) It's not that easy, dude. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you play top lane. You tell me tell me how
1: you feel that's so funny do you so what do you play now
0: (sighs) you know what do i play now
1: if anything
0: i you know in terms of video games very very little actually yeah um like i recently bought it was a steam summer sale like a while back and I, i picked up one game i think it was like It was a rather old game. I think it was called Hades. It was just like one of those, um...
1: Not old, but very good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's it's like
1: the the roguelike by Supergiant, right?
0: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I I liked some roguelites, um... Um, and that was really fun for a while, uh, playing that, um... It's a good one. Yeah, but other than that, yeah, I don't really play, like, League too much anymore. Not really shooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I try to be. Um, I I I actually hated reading growing up. Uh huh. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it was my associations with school. Like I just didn't like reading. But recently, I've been trying to read more. That's my my hobby. Wow, lately. go
1: you! <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, trying to read more psychology, and because every time I I dive into psychology. And reading that stuff it's just like you just learn so much you, you learn so much about the world around you and it just gives you like a better frame to kind of perceive things every day
1: absolutely
0: yeah and, and so it's a, like it's some of those things it really illuminates some of those moments in your life where you're just so confused and like you just don't understand how this could be but you read this thing, and then it provides a possible, you know, theory or hypothesis on like just the general behaviors of human beings, and mm-hmm. it just it makes sense. And Definitely. Yeah, and it's just always like,
1: what's what? what?
0: But um, yeah,
1: no, I psychology books and you know online resources are so 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 they're life changing. Mm-hmm. Life changing.
0: Definitely. Definitely, yeah.
1: Yeah, I should read more. <laughs>
0: uh. <laughs> well, you mentioned like you you read you read a lot. I <laughs> you know, it's
1: cool. I read a lot. <laughs> so much reading. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: it's gonna be a lot of reading. I'll survive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean. This is my, my dream ish with the whole entrepreneurship thing. The way that I was gonna connect dietetics, psychology and entrepreneurship kind of vibes was to like start my own like business once I am like that dietitian and also like maybe a psychologist. Um mm-hmm. which are very well the dietitian thing is, is more natural since I'm almost done because I have a degree already, but the psychologist thing is a lot more ambitious let's say um mm-hmm. <laughs> Um. but yeah like you know somehow and then also um integrating that with the gaming community i i think that's where my ties are because i grew up a gamer and mm-hmm. like i know that like and dr k has showed the other psychiatrist that's on twitch has showed that like mental health is like very much a prevalent problem in the gaming community, and I just feel like it's the Doritos,
1: man. They're <laughs> bad for you. Don't eat the Doritos. <laughs> Not worth like it.
0: Yeah. So I just thought like combining food and psychology, like mental health, and like in the gaming community, I feel like there has to be some sort of like there has to be some sort of market in there.
1: Oh no! Yeah, totally yeah um uh, yeah absolutely because there's a lot of overlap between mental health and diet (laughs) i mean (laughs) there's so much overlap there both food can make you feel bad or feel good or (laughs) it really affects your psychology what you're putting in your body um yeah no you definitely should look into that that's a really cool idea i'm surprised nobody's done it (laughs) you better hurry
0: (laughs) (laughs) right I-I thought that was an interesting niche to explore because... Yeah, to my knowledge, I don't know... Yeah, like, there's no... definitely... Well, one, I don't even think... There's not many dietitians, nutrition experts specifically in the gaming scene, but also most definitely not a dietitian and a psychologist.
1: Yeah, no. Um,
0: So that would be an interesting section to kind of explore.
1: It would be. Well, have you thought about like applying at an esports organization? As like a dietitian for like professional team or anything like that?
0: That thought has never crossed my mind. But now that I think about it, they always tell us in diet when you're studying for dietetics, it's that the cool thing about dietetics is that there's an opportunity wherever there is food involved.
1: Oh yeah,
0: and most definitely mm-hmm. like. I mean, you have dietitians in, like, actual, like, you know, traditional sports, but then even in esports, I know that, like, certain organizations have, like, chefs, like, personal chefs that kind of take on that role, Mm -hmm. but must- And then they
1: have to learn nutrition.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but I definitely think that there's a place for, like, um, there's a place for, like, um... You know, a nutrition expert on, on like how the body, like how food affects your body, and like how to kind of go about it. Just because like there's a lot of like misinformation out there on, just I think this is kind of like similar. Hitting on like what kind of Ruben talked about earlier about like the the stigmatization of like of gaming, at mm-hmm. least the prior stigma. Um And getting that kind of misinformation out of there and replacing it with like the more, the, you know, the truth of who gamers are.
1: Yeah.
0: Kind of similar to like what I want to spread with like food. There's a lot of misinformation there about like d- diets and like how food affects you and Dietetics is very much like a science, evidence-based like practice. So mm-hmm. we very much like focus on like, you know, what's real. And and because it's most conducive to like, you know, your health. Um, so
1: has that affected what you eat?
0: Definitely. Um, in terms of like being aware, being better aware, and making more aware like decisions on like dietary mm-hmm. patterns. Because my parents like never like my parents are from the Philippines. Um, and in the Philippines, there's like no. Nutrition education pretty much um, Only from like what your culture eats, from what your parents eat Um, and You know, that's a lot of traditional Filipino foods are typically very fatty very meat heavy very um, And stuff like that um, Which in the long term you just want to You know with the education that I have, it's it's a lot about, like, the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, it's not that certain foods are bad. It's about, like, it's about, like, being aware of their effects and knowing how much your body can take if you have a certain, like, goal in mind in the future. Mm-hmm. It, and it's always just about moderation. It's about, like... Um, you know, making those decisions, like, knowing this food, like, if you eat this, like, if you eat McDonald's every single day, for every meal, there will, like, there is a long-term consequence. Serious consequence. Yeah, like, it's not, like, you you cannot, you have to be aware that, like, what this food will do to your body over time. Mm -hmm. And that, that, and knowing that, like, you can make the decisions, um, better decisions for yourself. absolutely it gives you that opportunity versus the opposite where it's like you don't know what this hamburger is going to do to you you only eat it just because it's the only thing available Mm -hmm. because of like you know what you know but but then you don't know what's going to happen to you like 20 years down the line and then you're like oh my god like what happened yeah (laughs) and you only find out through your doctor when you're in the you know in the hospital then i'm like oh it was because of your diet like what 20 years like of like habits that that happened just
1: accumulated
0: exactly and and, yeah and part of my message is just to kind of like you know let people be aware of of give people the the information that they need to make informed decisions about Mm -hmm. long-term effects of their life kind of thing
1: yeah absolutely no and that's something that gamers could definitely benefit from it's definitely a um nutrition is not a priority or even considered really mm-hmm. unless you're in professional play right and right. that's where I think there's a lot of um, value in like collegiate esports is it can help provide that structure education and you know a health advisement that maybe you wouldn't get from your friends you know like From just gaming solo or, you know, trying to make it pro by yourself. It provides a lot of support for student gamers who, you know, they need it.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like you said earlier, like they're focused on just being the best at their craft. Um, And so they have, they put kind of everything else aside. And so when they come into these institutions who care about them and their long term health, because uh, they want their players to be, you know, supported. Um, most definitely, it's gonna help them uh, help them in their craft, um, because it's gonna provide them the longevity, uh, absolutely, to stay in that into in that sport.
1: You eat a lot of vegetables.
0: <laughs> I eat more vegetables than I did before. I, as a kid, <laughs> I absolutely hated vegetables. <laughs> I I hated vegetables. It, they and it was like um yeah. It was terrible. It was terrible, but because of the whole dietetics thing, I'm I'm more aware that you know, I'm able to 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 change my ha- habits based on my new knowledge because I'm like, okay, I know what the future will hold and I want like a, a certain level of health associated with certain foods so i'd like to like introduce like new habits as best as i can because i'm you know like i want something better for myself
1: absolutely yeah no perfectly yeah. reasonable you mean you want a good future <laughs> no
0: right yeah and, and and that's the thing like um I, that i think is really cool about food is just um yeah it contributes to that physical health and
1: uh definitely does yeah i i had a severe dairy allergy like mm. it it gave me asthma as a kid and i never found out and it's stuff like I mean I know it's not like dietitian uh, field per se that's an allergen thing but that was when I found out like oh it really really matters like what you put in your body and um it affects your mood it affects your health in the long run in your health affects your mood
0: oh yeah <laughs>
1: and your ability to perform normal tasks and all of that and that was kind of my eye opening moment of like whoa i gotta watch what i put in there
0: yeah yeah definitely and 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 exactly like getting that awareness but then also like emphasizing that like nutrition doesn't have to be so restrictive i think Mm -hmm. you know with the diets and and that's something that like i think that you know dietitians really want to like you know, put out there where it's, like, you, you can eat delicious food <laughs> and you're fine. Like, you're not a bad person.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's all about moderation and
0: yeah. all of that good stuff. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I want to spread, like, associated with mental health. Like, um, I don't want to say, like, this food is bad. Like, this food is good. Like, it's not... It's not as black and white as that. It's very much more of like the bigger picture.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and, you know, we want it and, and yeah, bigger picture and it, it's always never a good idea to associate um, morality with your food choices. It's just it, yeah. it generates a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. um which actually becomes the actual problem that you have to deal with in counseling um be- <laughs> because uh it's the shame that really gets people it's not really the um the knowledge is, is is kind of easy to tackle a little bit um and the behaviors you can work with you know there's there's certain techniques with that but it's the shame that is mm-hmm. core to an individual that really acts as that major roadblock to progress um so, yeah.
1: Well, in my experience with my many tried and failed diets, <laughs> uh, that is definitely the case. <laughs> it's so bad to, like, restrict um, only certain food groups, right? Like, I've mm-hmm. tried, God everything under the sun, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, m- part of my journey has just been, you know, recovering from, like, disordered eating. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that was food shame, and a lot of my problems with like my family and stuff came from my issues with food, right? Mm -hmm. So it all it all ties in because food's the only addiction you can't avoid, right?
0: (laughs) That is, you know, I've never heard of that, but that is that makes sense. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, very much so. It's something that you do have to partake in every day and and uh and like they said like the totality of your life is um is the is the individual like daily things that you do and food much very much do every day um and so it's best to best to sort that out um in a way that it's productive for you absolutely um, yeah <sighs> so fascinating. Was so so fast. This is, is
1: it is it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have some of my friends that's like, "Why don't you just go straight into psychology like cuz I still have to finish my dietitian stuff um for like a one year internship." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "If you're so interested," they say. And I'm like, "But like there's still so much value in like being a dietitian and like helping people in that way like if i wasn't so interested in food like yeah i can just hop into psychology and then focus on psychology but it's like there's still i believe so much in in, in the dietitian like and so i just can't help so this is why i have to do this combo thing like in my head, like i can't give up psychology because i love or not i i can't give up psychology because i'm so interested in psychology but then i can't give up dietitian because i still believe like phys like food is such a interesting field that affects everyone's life so interestingly enough and that there's so much misinformation out there in the world that yeah. you need like people to like put some truth out there
1: no absolutely
0: um so I've I have to do this like combo thing weird thing well and
1: I mean you don't need a degree you can bring a lot of what you learn about psychology just into your practices as a dietitian right like true it's it's all about how you approach it in in your work right you can bring what you've learned from psychology and implement it into your work right
0: very much so yes i mean that's partially what i do you know with these podcasts Mm -hmm. and, and and in my individual interactions with people um but yeah that that is interesting yeah i mean if life goes one way like i'll be a dietitian and incorporate that esports organization thing. That's an interesting
1: Yeah, you should thing. definitely like look into that because you live in the right place for it. So
0: in the hearts, <laughs> yeah, in LA County area. Most definitely. Well Alexandra, that was over an hour and thirty minutes of... We did good. <laughs> that was quite fascinating. Um
1: <laughs> definitely it was.
0: Yeah, you know, there's never enough time, I think, to cover everything. I think I barely scraped over, you know, what you were like as a kid, middle school, high school, that era. Just because I feel like there's just so much top-heavy stuff to go over with
1: Absolutely. What, you,
0: what you have at the moment. Um, But I mean, from what we discussed, like, it was a fascinating story. Um thank
1: you. I pre- thank you for giving people a platform. I think this is really 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 neat and it's <laughs> interesting to to you know sit down and listen to people's opinions and life story. It's so cool that you do this.
0: Yeah, no, that's you know I'm happy to hear that feedback. Um yeah, like that's the coolest thing I think um to to come out of it, I think the conversations. Um that's really the biggest like re- reason why I do these things. Um um I just inherently think that there's a lot of value in uh yeah. listening to people. It's, yeah, there's a lot of value. And um, you know, hearing your story out, you know, gave me a lot of insight on what it like what it's like to be a leader, what it's like to, you know, be a person that doesn't know exactly where they wanna end up. But they're doing their best with what they know, um, and they're doing great. <laughs> they're doing great. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's been it's been really fun, and I really appreciate you having me on here. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Definitely. Thank you. Well, where um, where can the viewers find you, Alexandra?
1: You can find me on Discord. I am on Discord twenty four seven reachable at all hours (laughs) um my discord is torito with a zero instead of an o at the end hashtag 2239 or you can find me on linkedin as alexandra warren carrasco as well as instagram which would be awc keyboards or keeps it's awc keeps k-e-e-b-s
0: Mm there you go you guys definitely go check out alexandra on all her um you know socials um very i had an amazing time you know talking to her today um very much i always say that i always want a (laughs) follow-up episode to kind of track you know where you're at in life and kind of see like how you've progressed a little bit um i always ask You know sometime in the future i don't know when i haven't done a single follow-up but (laughs) um somewhere in the future i definitely um want to see like how 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 you've been doing um you know this stuff that you've been you know working on and kind of see like how did it did it happen like how you expected it to happen
1: yeah Um, i would be so happy to be on here for a follow-up it'd be really fun
0: (laughs) most definitely i will most definitely be looking forward to that um and I hope that everything you do as presidents um, works out and you help a bunch of people and you're going to be Thank a great you. asset to the to the organization.
1: I hope so too. I really, I'm doing my best. Man. <laughs> <laughs> one day at a time.
0: Exactly. And that's how you do it. One day at a time. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, well, that will wrap up the 15th episode of the Gabriel Podcast with Alexandra Rasco, uh, the CSU uh, Dominguez Hills esports president. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation today, and hope you guys have a great have a great rest of your day. Bye.